They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. Hey kids comics, I am Andrew Farmer with me as always, the Jedi Cole Houston. Uh hey, good evening everybody. Nice to see you. <laughs> so uh upfront caveat, we're recording this a little differently. I happen to be in a hotel room. I am not at San Diego Comic Con, which would coincide with exactly when we're recording this. I'm actually in Toledo, Ohio, um, not having nearly as much fun. Uh, just as and, any- and meanwhile I'm standing in a line. You are literally standing in a I'm line. I'm standing at... in a line. I basically got a bunch of my action figures and lined them up in front of the desk. So I'm about nine feet away from the desk. Oh, so I'm going to oh, occasionally so have to, to uh, break the line there and, uh, you know, read the notes. So you're uh, enacting. You're, you're, you're basically doing like a, yeah, a Comic-Con Yeah, I, I, cause I cause... can't go to San Diego. I... Oh, okay. Or to yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get in a hall. hall. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm trying to get into Hall 11, or what's the the one everybody wants? Oh, it's an H. It looked like an 11 when I tried to <laughs> read it like a stereogram. Well, you're so far away from it right now. Oh, that's so true. It's hard to tell where which line I'm in. Right, but but it's hard to, you know, speaking of things that are hard to see, uh, today oh, we have a very yeah. special episode for you guys. Uh, where we got to thinking <laughs> about some things. Cole really got to thinking, and then when Cole gets to thinking, I, I get to I thinking, get to thinking too much, and then I, I come up with silly titles like the one for this episode. And then you send your thoughts to me, and then I have to think about them. Oh, yeah, and then you become obsessed, and, and here we are. Right. So, right. yes, uh, this issue of the show, the eyes have it. Yes. <laughs> quite literally, the uh, the seeing eyes, the flesh eyes. The human eyes, here. yeah, the people eyes, as we like to say in the parlance. That's right. The people eyes. So, essentially what we're going to be exploring this outing is the the fact that the, the rather, um, I guess you'd say, uh, well-populated, uh, the, the well-represented eye power set in comics. The fact that there are so many eyeball-based powers out there. <laughs> well, but, and, and, you know, we were talking offline as we were thinking about this separately and then bringing our notes to the table that this isn't a new phenomenon or even a phenomenon no, that no. has existed in for, for, for comics. We, we, since the dawn of time and since the dawn of your yes, life, it, let's be frank, the eyes have been the most yeah. like focal point for everything i think that yeah when you just really take a close look at the history of the eye power what we're going to do to uh, launch the show is in the optical tradition of our ancestors (laughs) yes we're going to take a look at the eyes in the classical heroic tale i like that and there's a lot going on there um, for example, if you look at the Odyssey and you have your Cyclops who is, you know, 50% down in the optical department against his human adversaries. Right. And, and then he, he gets, go ahead. Well, he loses for lack of redundancy in his species. 
he loses his ability to see and then has to do the, the kind of gets all handsy with his sheep. <laughs> but he's not. So you're he saying wasn't... he's Scottish? Well, you know, let's just say that he should have gone a full pat down. If he TSA'd yeah. it, there, there would be, it would have been a much shorter odyssey. Well, you know, the, the the problem with the Cyclops, when you when you really get down to it, is they tried to make up for his sight deficiency with size, and that just doesn't work. That just no, doesn't work. It's, it's, it's a kind of overcompensating that happens a lot Yeah, in classical tale. And the other thing, um, I'm trying to see if I can find, because it has a name, um... There was also a classical character. Um, was it Argus? Yes, Argus Panopetes. Apparently, I didn't realize Argus had a last name. <laughs> I am so Martha. I, I think you'll. I think you'll find that, that in the immortal words of Jim Croce, <laughs> he has a name. He has a name. I think that's, I mean, is he, that he carried great? it is with him great? like his father did. Is that? Croce or is that Denver? I think it's Croce. It's it's more Croce esque. I think it's more encroaching on Croce. Oh, encroaching. Yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, Argus Panopetes or Argos was the hundred-eyed giant. Now here's the uh, another. You're you don't need to compensate when you have a hundred eyes. No, why couldn't you just give one of those extra eyes to Cyclops? That's all I wanted. Yeah, he could have had like. Than the ninety-nine eyed giant, and <laughs> on a particularly like cooler name, aller- allergic day, you could have ninety-nine red eyeballs. It, it's a cool, ninety-nine eyed giant is a cooler day or a yeah. cooler name than ninety-nine eyed giants walking in the summer sun. It's a, it's a he name. thinks that he's Captain Kirk. I'm not very good at. Making rhymes. <laughs> I'm like the Eddie Valiant of uh, <laughs> impromptu singing. You're 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 pretty good. I mean, you're improv. You're you you're, you're good. Let's not don't don't yeah. sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm no Wayne. I'm no Wayne Brady. I'll I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you are not. For that, multiple the reasons. The man is a genius. Yeah. The man is a genius. And while we're on the topic of classic mythological eye-based powers and the and the importance of eyes, look no further than Medusa and the Medusae. Oh, yes. Like... The, the Gorgons. Medusa yeah. and her... She's like the, the diva of the Gorgons. Right. Because she's, she was so popular and so well-known because of her placement in the classical tales that she's the only one. It's like Beyonce. She's like the rest well, of you. She's like Gladys Knight. To the rest yeah. of the Gorgon's pips. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in some translations, it is the pips, the the classical uh, petrifying eyeball sisters. Pips. <laughs> the pips. You know, the pips. The pips. And, but, you know, so much so that Medusa's own name has replaced the name of her her ilk. Yeah, she's the Google so of... So the other Gorgons are now... Medusas. It's like no. It's like Medusa and the Medusas. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, Jerry. I'm going to get all all um, Steve Buscemi here, and that doesn't make any sense to me, Jerry. Medusa and the Medusas. That's just like that's her name. She's not a Medusa. She's the Medusa. <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. But we are, as a race, the human race, we are obsessed, obsessed with. Vision and eyes and um, and is it partly because that's so vitally important? Because I mean, really, seeing is believing. The eyes are the window. So to the therefore, soul. you're forced. You know, if you want to believe anything, you got to see it. Yeah. Well, the eyes are the, the. Your eyes can be dead. Your eyes can be bright. Your eyes can. You can have lion eyes. You can have suspicious eyes. You can have but you private can't hide eyes. Those. Yeah, you can have private eyes. They're always watching you. Yeah. 
Um, you know, all of, we are obsessed. You as a could culture. be in Peter Gabriel's eyes. You could. Speaking the light of, and the heat are there. We're going to get into that a little later. Peter Gabriel was Cyclops. I've just been Martha. Well, I, I don't know if Peter Gabriel was Cyclops or John Malkovich, but it's one of the, <laughs> oh, and we're going to go there too. But yeah, so let's get into some of the some of what we know about. Well, as we as we depart the classical mythology, I have to give. Because what we really want to talk about is characters whose powers are based on or come from their eyes. Sure. And they – this I want to give an honorable mention to a character from um, – originally from the comic book Dead Face, which if you've never heard of it or never seen it, track it down. It is nothing short of amazing. It's uh, Eddie Campbell who wanted to illustrate from hell. With uh, Alan Moore. Okay, okay. Or by um, This was some of his early indie work, and it later uh, spun off uh, Bacchus and uh, some other titles, including uh, with this very character I want to give an honorable mention to, and that is the Eyeball Kid, who I believe in uh, Dead Face was the son of the aforementioned Argus Panopetes. Okay. A huge long face with ten eyes, or, you know, five sets of eyes, or ten, no, ten sets of eyes, and he inadvertently steals Zeus's thunder and winds up killing all the, the classical gods when they're in decline. But his eyes had no intrinsic power within them per se. Then uh, he did actually lose one. He has a Nick Fury patch because he lost one of his eyeballs to the eagle that was uh, assigned to um, um, per, uh, Prometheus. Oh, really? <laughs> I can't tell whether you're messing with me anymore. I'm going to call Kelly. I can't tell anymore. Well, I know. The Eyeball Kid was a, a creation. Oh, of, that's right. That's right. It was a comic uh, he, thing. It was not. Yeah. It was basically about the god Bacchus. And the Eyeball Kid comes into play. Bacchus and Perseus are running around doing, having adventures. So it's sort of like Kevin Matchstick in that respect, where it's yes. a modernized version of the classic you know, I don't know if there are any, um, I don't know if there are any Arthurian eyeballs. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there was like a weirding eye somewhere with Merlin. Yeah. And with oh, and of course we forgot to mention the, uh, the Gryai, uh, the, uh, the Stygian witches. Correct. Yes. Which who shared an eye. Yeah. They only had one eye between them. <laughs> it kept losing it. It was it was unfortunate, uh, but yeah, let's get into some comic book eyes, baby. Um, you know, what, one of my favorite tropes. You you have made some very interesting observations um, in the the realm of shooting things out of your eyeballs in the past week of discussing this. But um, I think I think we should probably start with that the the optic blast. Uh, subset of the menu of eyeballs. Um, and I don't think there's a better place to start than with uh, the, the, the Marvel, uh, the Marvel is like, so, so if you're in DC, right, <laughs> we, we talked about this a little bit. If you're in DC, you could have all these characters who have the same basic power set. You, you know, every Superman clone ever has basically the same set of powers um a la martian manhunter who by the way shoot does shoot force beams that catch stuff on fire out of his eyeballs even though he is deathly afraid of fire i know that's ironic it's like if you know the the brain that was in frankenstein's monster was from a pyromaniac If he had matches for fingers. <laughs> oh, there was the original uh, Edward Match Hands, but they figured out that, you know, after just one quick, especially there were strike anywhere type, they, which, by the way, you cannot strike anywhere. No. Um, the, the, the story's over pretty quickly. It's kind of like that short odyssey. Uh, well, not because only... they, they burn out and that, that's the end of the story. And, you know, you just have like a, a dead Vincent Price and a, a non-entity character. But let me tell you, on July fourth, um, oh, he's the—that's his like. Now you're thinking of Edward Roman Candlehands. Oh well, I was just thinking about all them grills. Oh, lit up yeah. by them fingers. 
<laughs> he tried to be a proctologist at that point. Yeah. That was part of that story. Well, it didn't work. There, there's well. always, there's always propane hands. <laughs> Old propane hands. I love propane hands. But please, go on. No, but, but in DC, you can, like, have the same power set. You can have every Superman clone in the world running around. You know, you can have Martian Manhunter. You can have Shazam, which basically has Superman's power set. In Marvel, I think you were you were explaining the mutant evolution. But in Marvel, if you got somebody that shoots beams out of their eyeballs, you got one. yeah, you really got one. Um, th- there's an exception here, and they had to make it something completely different. Um, where wherein we could talk about Simon Williams. Um, Simon Hollywood Williams, otherwise known as Wonder Man, who shot ions, ions out of his eyeballs. Uh, but really, who? Oh, so they were like he had his eye on ions. He had. Oh, oh God, that hurts on the inside just a little bit. Um, but but at the end of the day, who we're really talking about here when we're talking about Marvel is we're talking about old uh, old Scott Summers, old whiny bitch boy himself, uh, <laughs> Cyclops, right? Yeah, because, I mean, and Cyclops is, he's one of those characters that, we, we talked about a, a bit about this, and I think we really need to touch on this, that, okay, for example, as I said, if we're, if, oh, gosh, if Patrick Stewart is to be believed, <laughs> mutation, the mutants, the rise of the mutant is part of the natural progression of evolution, yet there's nothing within the evolutionary cookbook that suggests you know the the eyeball the human eyeball especially is more or less a conduit for things to enter the brain right you you're using that as a a source of information exactly and uh to bring forth all of the the necessity, you know, it, it's a complement to your other sensory apparatus. Right. But nothing actually is generated out the eyeball. Uh, no matter, I mean, trust me, I've tried. Uh, you know, you have tear ducts and you have access to the ocular cavity through the nasal cavity, uh, as evidenced by weird geek people who squirt milk out of their eye. Yeah, yeah. They're not. It's not coming the, from their eye. The though. spaghetti yeah. nose mouth people that could like yeah. thread the needle. Yeah, those people. I'm not okay with them. But, we need to no, have a conversation. I with just. Them. I. I don't think I need to get my eye pierced. I've already had that via right. cat. Right, you had cat. <laughs> That's piercings. a whole other story. Yes, but uh, and it's not as painful now. But anyway, the thing about it is that the eye power seems almost less likely than shooting any number of forms of energy from your hands because there's evidence in the evolutionary progression of animal life uh, viz the uh, electric eel and the electric ray that the skin can be a, a means by which things are generated. I do so, like you said viz. Not not vis-a-vis. You just some, you don't have time. That's for right. Vis-a-vis. I got a lot to look at tonight. <laughs> Continue. Continue. But um, you know, it, it just seems like like we were talking earlier. Like, oh, here's an idea. Let's have them shoot things out of their eyes. And I think when it comes to eyeball shooting, <laughs> rootin' tootin' eyeball shooting, rootin' tootin' eyeball shooting, nobody touches one Kal-El last son of Krypton-ish, um, one Superman, who has illustrated more eyeball-based powers. He's like the Swiss Army eye. Yeah, he's got it coming and going, really. Yeah. He literally has the Swiss Army eyes because he has illustrated, of course, the recurring heat and cold visions. So he's actually plumbed for hot and cold. And... <laughs> you like that? I do, I do. Plus, he has, at, at one point, 
I can't remember if it was from, I think it's from his eyes. You know, Superman's got a lot of weird history of just silly ass stuff. Sure. And at one point, I think he shot miniature Supermans from his eyes. I, probably. I know he did generate miniature Supermans at one point in his career. And I want to say they came from his eyes. So, but there's, there is something that I think is pertinent to this show that you 100% brought up prior to this show that, that bears Haken's comics level mentioning. And it's this. We know for a fact that Superman is indestructible. Yeah. We know for a fact that, that Superman's uh, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, which is a, a, a four-part uh, story arc we're going to do uh, in about <laughs> three years, we know that they can take a pounding, right? Um, Cyclops, on the other hand, you were, you were mentioning the fact that he has the ability to level mountains, with oh yeah, he can blasts out of his eyeballs. He's got like that Ark of the Covenant illustration in Indiana Jones level of just destroying things. You know, he who has Cyclops, the army that marches with Cyclops before them is unstoppable. But my thing is, and you're one hundred percent correct. But before we go there, we need uh, to touch on something that's going to be a, an analog that will help. All right, let's hear it. What we have. There's a character from the New Mutant Sunspot that always bothered the living hell out of me. And I will tell you why. Because Sunspot was – one of the things they did well in the New Mutants in the early days was repeatedly tell you everything about the character's powers. Oh, yeah, because – You know, Cannonball was pretty – yeah, when I'm blasting. Sunspot would continually remind you, like you're going to watch the early seasons of Arrow – on the CW and you're constantly reminded about how Oliver Queen came back to save his city and <laughs> just like, shut up, just get to the show. But he would talk about how his, his super strength came at the, with a lack of invulnerability. Right. But then in one of the early issues, somebody hurls a, giant a mighty oak or something at him and he just splinters it with a a single uh, you know left hook and i'm sorry if you have the power to stop a bus but have the hands of paper you may be able to give that bus a big punch but every time you do you break everything you basically shatter your entire hand and forearm right so that brings us to an issue about Cyclops that never really, I'd never thought about it until today. Okay, let's hear it because I've already heard it and it's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I was going to give you the opportunity to hop in and, and take over part of that, but oh no, no, Cyclops, I want you to just break it. I should say he can he can level mountains. He can you know blast his enemies into oblivion if he was so inclined. He can destroy you know if he opens his eyes cross-eyed he can knock holes in two walls and yet the soft tissuey <laughs> vitreous humor laden squishy boiled egg that is the human eye can withstand that peter gabriel level of like heat i i am complete right now <laughs> <laughs> well it is the resolution to all your countless searches <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go to Salisbury <laughs> Hill. It's a different song. I'm just jumping I the know. shark. Falcon flew out of the night. No wait, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't That's... think of a real character. Um so it begs the question is as Scott Summers at least his head is his cranium indestructible? Listen, we just it never has to be. It has oh, yeah. to be. His ocular cavities, his nasal cavity, in fact, his entire, the maxilliofacial expanse of his lantern jaw has to be indestructible. Otherwise, the first time when Scott Lang, Scott Lang, Scott Summers, his first little pubes began to arrive and his eyeballs started blasting, he would have melted them out of his face. 
Yeah, and there would have been like, nothing left. I thought this professor would be more like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one further with this with you, okay? Not only do I think that his entire head has to be 100% invulnerable, right? Yeah. I think that at least his spine, if not, you know, his entire his entire body has to be invulnerable from from the neck, from, you know, from the neck down, because the first time he fires off, he gives a real good fire off on those eyeball beams, right? Oh yeah, his head would snap the hell off. Well, that's why you shoulder mount things like rocket propelled grenades and bazookas and stuff, so that you don't get knocked on your ass. Right. He would be. I mean, if you've ever fired a a shotgun or something like that, it's got a good of a pretty good kick. If you got an I beam that'll knock the the top off of Mount Everest, then just imagine how. Yeah, just imagine what it's gonna do to your to your spino system. It's yeah, gonna, you're you're done. And I think he's gotta have like the calves of steel, and and he's gotta have like blob foot powers to hold himself in place. Otherwise, he'd be in the next county. Yeah, one hundred percent. Assuming he was like right on the county line, I'm, I'm not suggesting he could like you know try out, be blasted back a twenty miles or anything like that. No, no I'm just I'm just saying right now. Right, he has to. I'm just, I'm going out, I'm going on a limb and saying he has to. But yeah, so you got these blasty blast eyeball powers, and, and it, but also you're kind of like, is is Professor X kind of umbrella academying, academying the boy? Did Scott <laughs> Summers get white violin? I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> well, he doesn't know how tough he is. Well, yeah, I think the, the one yeah. country song about that. Oh, he sure. don't know he's invulnerable. He don't know he's invulnerable. I think that's Jesus Take the Wheel, isn't it? That's oh. the, um, but I, I swear, I'd only seen the liner notes. I could have sworn that was Jesus Take the Wheel. But here's... here. So there is one more before we move on to the next section of, of <laughs> eye powers that I do want to touch on. And that is, there's a character who has come up repeatedly, repeatedly on this show as a... A bit of a mystery, an anomaly, and a butt of some of our jokes. And that is Darkseid, because not only does he have huh? eye beams, but they have they serve a very unique purpose, we figured out, about a year and a half ago. <laughs> yes, indeed. And that is, his eye beams can time bullet you into but, the pre-Cambrian age. <laughs> also, if you've ever seen the, the nature of the eye beams... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they they fire off in sixteen different directions. They kind of meander around in, in sharp angles. They're the they're the Tron of I-beams. Yeah, well, there you go. And and it's always been a very curious thing. So it turns out all of these decades that Darkseid's been around, he could magic time bullet you. Yeah, yeah, and we don't find or, out until or time magic bullet you. The best thing, uh, one of the best things it, you it ever. It was did. literally like a Kennedy level magic bullet. One of the well, yeah, because it trons, it only turns it right yeah. ninety degree angles. But I'm telling you, one of the one of the best things that has ever happened on this show, courtesy of Cole Houston, <laughs> was this theory. Because when Batman gets time bulleted in Final Crisis and shot back in time, everybody thinks he's dead, but he's really shot back to kind of the the Vandal Savage birth age of man. Yeah, uh, according to DC, and so the so you proceed to extrapolate and <laughs> and make suppositions based on that that state that does that mean that everybody who's ever been time bullied by Darkseid end up in that time period and thus the metahuman is a self fulfilling prophecy of just you know propagating this metahuman gene throughout <laughs> time because Darkseid continues to cycle people back to the birth of man. And I thought yeah, that was I, one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. <laughs> and it becomes kind of like, you know, uh, like fishes and other animals that, you know, they have maybe like a, a sea turtle may lay a hundred eggs on the off chance seven survive to adulthood. 
Yeah, yeah. They so have you to have to imagine not everybody who got time bulleted survived, but enough of them found a really hot Cro-Magnon woman or man, <laughs> mated with them, <laughs> and laid down what Professor X would later mistake for evolution. Right, exactly, which is not, which is, is less evolution, uh, less jump start. It's, it's less evolution and more revolution. You know what I love about a revolution is that Tommy Lee Jones says it always comes back around in your face. Because um, it's, cause but only from, at sharp angles. Because that's, that's right, that's under siege. <laughs> you know what, Tommy Lee Jones would have made a great dark side. Holy, well, he's like halfway there. I mean, I all he has to do is spray paint his face gray. He wants to find he wants to find the Justice League, and he's going to have you check every outhouse, henhouse, townhouse, flop house in, in Metropolis until Bow you find house. it. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Let's move on to it's the next. It's not a structure. That's a movement. How do I check a bow house? I'm going to make it. you a movement. Um, a bow movement. Um, speaking of bow movement, bow, let's move on bow. with this. Yeah, you. Um, so. I, I want to at this point talk about the what, what I've labeled the IC far uh, subset of heroes, which is usually your natural based heroes, your heroes that can can perceive visually further than um, than your standard human. So you know people, you know superheroes that would fall into this category: Hawkman, um, Wolverine. Yeah. Um, you know, Wild Child, Timber, anybody who has that natural ability subset tends to have this ability to have, like, telescopic vision. And then, of course, among the many supervisions... You need supervision. <laughs> under close supervision, is Superman has telescopic powers. What an asshole! Well, Superman is macroscopic, microscopic, telescopic. He's got X-ray vision. He does have X-ray vision. Yes, I think he has infravision, where he can see different wavelengths of light. He might even have in, ex, intradimensional vision, so he doesn't need one of those Rick and Morty remotes to see ball fondlers. Right. I think he just sees. He can just like look hard which, enough into the dimensions, which for my which stare hard enough into the abyss, which <laughs> which for my money would be like the most annoying. Like Superman has to have the most annoying life. I don't care how long you've had to get used to your powers, right? Yeah. Like, all of that stuff, it, it's like, you know, has been perceived in, you know, various versions of Daredevil or <laughs> or Jean Grey, where it's like, how do I deal with hearing all of these voices at once or hearing all these sounds or, you know. What I want to know is how do you deal with engaging in a conversation with a normal person? You might get a little sniffle and your your microscopic vision kicks in. You're like, oh, oh, eyelash mites. Galore! Ow! Everything's oh. just everything's oh. just microscopic bugs on bones. Yeah, it's like it unfocus, Clark. Unfocus. Life. All Superman's life is staring at microscopic bugs on human bones. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a horrifying like, life that he has. It's like an ecosystem all over you. Take a bath, you piece of filth. Right, burn ah, it's all of you. Let me help you by burning your skin off with this heat vision I can make out of my skull. Kryptonian Jesus, what's going on? Yeah, I need to know what I need to know what's going on inside of him because yeah. you know uh, he's got some sort of power plant in there to, <laughs> in order to do all of those things that he does. Um, but yeah, so is there any you know? I, I guess that there's you know when when you're creating comic book characters, the natural world, and we've talked about this with cat characters <laughs> and bird characters, and you know we've bird done whole We've done whole shows on bird people and cat yeah. people, and um, that it's a pretty easy well to go to to say, okay, so we know that we know that birds can see further than people can see. So if this character has aspects of bird, let's just go ahead and make yeah. him be able to see like a bird can see. Like that's yeah, like that's, your phone in it. Is it's the next bit. inevitable phase, exactly. Because and the, and you have to imagine if you're me. Do they have that freaky, like, ring of bone inside their eyes? Because that's how hawks and stuff see so far. <laughs> like, literally, there's this ring of bone that 
squeezes their eye and makes it more like binoculars. I keep whenever whenever either of us say see so far, I I all I can think of is that uh, Pete Holmes X Men sketch where Wolverine comes into um, Professor X's oh, office. Yes. I smell far. It's <laughs> all I can think of anytime that comes up. Um, yeah, so you got your I see far category, right? Like, like, and when you're Superman, you see everything anyway. But like, you know, oh, I, I've got Homo Lupus. Was that the name of what we, what they landed on for what Wolverine was? So he's got wolf aspects of being able to see far. Oh, of course. You know, like, like those characters. Anybody bird related? Anybody? animal related can anybody who carries aspects of animals i imagine i imagine that beast boy can probably see pretty far in certain i yeah i think it depends on the form he takes or like uh zan or no yeah. jana rather jana when she takes on the form when when zan takes on the form of ice tea it it doesn't really help his vision at all well, no, because then he would just be able to see as far as the actor Ice T. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, he would he would be staring at the set of CSI New York. Or... Well, he would often like show up and, and play pranks. <laughs> Janet would fly him in in the form of an eagle, and they would pour his purple water ass out and turn into Ice T. I don't want to ever hear that sentence ever again. <laughs> I do not like that. Oh my! <laughs> but okay. Let's talk about drinking from shallow wells. Uh, which shallow also... purple ass wells, sure. <laughs> purple ass water wells. Um, another one that is kind of a, a short trip, in my opinion, is hypnotism. Hypnotism, yeah, 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 yeah. Hypnotism. Because that's something you know where that's sort of the principal tenet of hypnotism is the eyes. You know, you, I. I Envision like the, in the Three Stooges, Sven Garlic, look into my eyes. He's got the eyes painted on his palms. Um, but there are a lot of characters who their hypnotism powers are very much, it's all in the eyes. Right. Right. I think, I think, uh, Mesmero was one of those, wasn't he? Or I think of Mastermind. Mes- oh my goodness. I thought I forgot about Mesmero. I think Mastermind could actually just sort of. Get it. Yeah, he just sort of got in your brain, but I believe Mesmero did have to kind of be seen. Uh, and Sauron actually had hypno. Oh God, you're right. He had the swirly addition, eyes. Yeah, in addition to being a, a Pteranodon guy, packing heat in most cases, he usually had a nice gun belt, which you know, with those giant, awkward, fleshy wings, it's difficult to get a good beat on somebody. Especially if there's wind. But he had a pistol just in case. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's the whole point. If you got a pistol at your head, people think twice about messing with you. I mean, if you're a big green pterodactyl person, the, the pistol just actually, I think it's overcompensating. Well, another group Pe- that... People tend not to mess with you if you're a big green pterodactyl person. Another group of comic book characters and classic characters since we were talking about classic characters right that rely on the eyeballs to really um to really transmit a power are vampires and oh wow yes and that that's uh very part and parcel to the whole hypno hypnotosis hypnotosis and and let's not forget that comic books are rife Including up to and including somebody who shares a name with um, with our topic, which is Looker from the Outsiders. Looker being she becomes a vampire. She was a a hypnotizing hypno. Yeah, but she become later in her career. Because she always got like this flashy like like double cable eye going on. Yeah, but she becomes a vampire and uses and you have to again. Like like a foreigner song, you have to look in her eyes and get double vision, and then you become then you become uh, a hypnotized. When you hypnotize with those eyes, a heart of stone can turn to clay. Eyes are so. Do 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 do. Oh sorry. Eyes are so. Yeah. Hard. 
Eyes they're are so important. vitally important. Um, so much so that the Muggerville Seven recently uh, faced one of their most challenging villains. Oh, did they? Yes. Uh, you know Black Canary. You're familiar with the character Black Canary, who has the like sonic scream, like you know she she's like Banshee or any of these other characters have like the sonic voice. Yes, yeah. But imagine that sonic voice, not coming from the throat, from the esophagus, not being part of the pulmonary system, but being part of your ocular powers. Ice, eyes scream. <laughs> sure. Because. Yeah. When it, you know, you just, nobody's expecting that. No. You know, she opens, she kind of flashes her eyes a little bit like, oh, you're trying to come on. And then all of a sudden you're just, you're blown into the next county without even being on the county line, mind you. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're like Glenn Campbell. Yeah. It's like if Claw had like big glasses instead of a, a megaphone hand. <laughs> he had big, uh. Yeah, big Rip Taylor glass. Yeah, or like, you know, some Elton John rejects or something. <laughs> I like it. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I think that's weird. Uh, we, we should, there are some weird, okay, so let's round this out with some weird-ass eye characters. <laughs> yeah, and we, you know, we talked about the classical Medusa, who the actual Medusa uh, fought Wonder Woman. <laughs> Right. And, um, and of course, Wonder Woman was blind, so naturally, in comic tradition, she had to put a blindfold on. You have to when you're blind. Yeah, because otherwise, you have to tell people, can't you see I'm blind? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, when you're fighting uh, I'm, Grecian... I'm sorry. Yeah, but we're not in a, in a Greek amphitheater five centuries ago <laughs> watching, you know, a play where... You know, the, the character comes out with a big stick and he's got a, a blindfold on so that you know that, the, oh, the old man is blind. You've established that Diana is blind. I don't have to have it reminded me. Well, I, and that's a trope that still exists. Oh, it is. It's all over the place. And, and believe me, I intend to address that one day. But uh, there is a Medusa-esque character in Marvel Comics, Basilisk. Yes, based on a based on not only a Dungeons and Dragons creature, I found out later a creature from classic <laughs> mythology as well. I, I love how you put that. I found out later. Like, boy, those Gygax boys sure are original. Oh, they, they can create so many amazing. Oh, all of these things are based uh, on things. Catablipus. Oh, seriously. Oh man, Griffins? No, not Griffins. Oh, it was so original. Oh, that was so original, too. I thought, oh, it's a Peter Griffin. <laughs> anyway. Pretty uh, good Peter Griffin you got there, sir. <laughs> Peter. Anyway, uh, yeah, the uh, the Basilisk was uh, a kind of a, in, in some versions, was some sort of, like, perverted and demonic, uh, like a chicken egg had been fertilized by a crocodile or something. Right. That created the, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the character of Basilisk in the comics, the first I was aware of him was in the Marvel Universe uh, guidebooks from Marvel, of course. Wasn't he a member of Serpent Society or no? No, I don't think he was. Uh, maybe because of that chicken origin. Maybe. <laughs> no, the, the Basilisk, uh, I think he was a Spider-Man villain maybe when he started out. Well, I know he ended up being like, a, a, an Avengers fighty guy at some point. And of course, I'd forgotten this wonderful part. Real name? Basil Elks. Tony Basilisk. <laughs> because, of course. Because it's got to be, right? Clearly of the Otto Octavius school of naming. Right. Oh, he's from Morristown, Pennsylvania. Who knew? Who knew? Homo root beer. It's not. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> the thing is, up to that point, it was very convincing. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm from Ohio. I know these things. Yeah, um, you have to. But yeah, one that one that came up when we were talking uh, before that we both landed on, and it's just the weirdest <sighs> and most interesting 
I think one of the most interesting characters, but also one of the weirdest characters to have eye powers, is uh, sometimes Teen Titan, sometimes enemy of the Teen Titans, for the most part a Teen Titan, um, yeah. Jericho, son of uh, Deathstroke, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was. Wade Wilson. No. Slade Wilson's son. Home of the creation of root beer. Um, Slade Wilson's son. He, yeah, he was... That guy got around. I'll tell you that right now. He had various he well, he actually He had two kiddos with his, his hot special ops wife. Right. And uh, Jericho, who... I'm trying to remember what his real name was. Um, uh, youngest son, Wilson. Was... Uh, he was uh, basically rendered mute when um, the Hive or somebody else sent mercenaries to try to kill Wilson and his wife. Or actually, they kidnapped him, and uh, Slade wouldn't back down and uh, you know managed to use his superpowers to kill off all the kidnappers. But in the process, his son's uh, throat was slit. Right. That's what happened. Yes, yes. And then later, he grew up apparently to be a mutant. And that character was introduced at the height, the height of mutant mania at Marvel, where, you know, all the anti-mutantism was going on. It was just a, you know, everything was all about the, the you know, kill the muties, and it just got so tiresome. And when Jericho was introduced, Nightwing was met him, and because uh, Nightwing was premiered in the same issue of Teen Titans, by the way. And he came downstairs in his new Nightwing. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was his uh, Las Vegas cat suit, and uh, met Jericho. He was there with uh, Wilson's ex-wife, and uh, she told him he was a mutant. And I just loved the line, you know, within the context of its age. Uh, oh, you're a mutant. I hear you guys are pretty are all right or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're okay. Yeah, it's great in this universe, Marvel. So, uh, yeah, Jericho, I think to me, has one of the most compelling, most original powers ever in comics. And that is, or at least the most original take. And that is to have the ability to possess someone's body, but it's incumbent 100% on him making eye contact. You have to look. Yes, he has yeah, he to, to look, look straight into, into his eyes. his piercing green eyes, and then all of a sudden he goes non corporeal and bum rushes you, jumps inside your body. We talked earlier about presumably then he has to turn around because he's facing you. So once he's inside, he's got to kind of like settle in, like you're trying to like you're real tall and you're getting into an economy car. Sure. And then he can pretty much take over your body. And, and they did some cool stuff with him because as a mute, he was already um, heavily uh, you know, trained in American Sign Language. And he worked out a thing when he and Nightwing were working together that he could signal to Dick Grayson that it was him inside someone's body by doing a, a sign language J. Oh, okay. I think his name was Joseph Wilson. That so sounds J right. J that for Joseph right. or J for uh, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And I thought that it just everything about it was so amazingly clever, uh, right down to the the way it was presented, where you had this sort of ghosted image of Jericho leaping into someone's body. Which, by the way, brought you to a really interesting point in our conversation previous to recording, which is how <laughs> he enters the body, which I had never thought about, and possibly the most possibly the most interesting aspect of this that kind of blew my mind when you started talking about it yeah it was it's sort of analogous to being john malkovich it really is i mean, just imagine him going and sometimes you know getting a wild hair and jumping in somebody's body and going to their apartment and eating some toast or, or ordering uh you know a set of towels and a, a foot pampering louvered cotton bath mat well i think the really interesting thing for me was when you were like because if you're looking in order to in order for him to make the the consciousness transfer to somebody else's body which by the way when he does that his body then goes to mess it 
<laughs> just standing in one place kind of slumped over. <laughs> no, actually, him... in, in his case, he just becomes sort of, he kitty prides it. Oh, really? Why yeah, his, he... his body ceases to exist in the physical world because he he becomes uh, sort of ethereal and, and jumps inside. Yeah, and he's kind of one of the lucky ones. I guess. He doesn't have to abandon his body to uh, be in somebody else's. I guess. That, that, that's, uh, I, I, for some reason, I seem to remember it the other way, but you're, I think you are absolutely correct. But when he enters your body, he enters it, you know, facing you. Yeah, he, he has, yeah, then he has to. to kind of like shimmy and, and turn himself around. <laughs> it does the hokey pokey. David Blaine in, style. Inside your body. In, up in you. He has to turn oh, yeah. all the way around. It's <laughs> so up in that. Which is, for my money, literally the funniest mental image that I could possibly have, which is Jericho <laughs> and, and jumping you get, into you. And you get no coverage of this in the comics. Well, it's, yeah, because it's not like a dead man situation where he just floats up in you no matter how, no matter how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah dead man would kind of like do a, he'd sort of like drop in like he was coming in from his acrobatic career. Yeah, like he drop from a trapeze. In. He would just sort of like jump in feet first. Yeah, he would just leap up in you. Yeah. This one he has to come in, turn around. Yeah, face out, kind of get out style, where he's looking out your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like you said that, and I was like, "Damn it!" And then I said, and then I was like, "It's the reverse John Malkovich," because if you're if you're John Malkovich, you know people are just entering. People are entering. All kinds of people are entering you. This is a very specific thing. No, he's like super Craig Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, he like gets inside your body and does Craig's dance of despair and uh, disillusionment. Uh, my, dun -dun. Dun -dun. my favorite is um, when we were talking about this. So we, there's one. There's a couple more we have to get to. We cannot let it go. And and one of them is is Ghost Rider and his penitent stare. Where oh yes he has to stare deep into your eyes to reveal the evil in your soul and make you pay for it, um, which is a really interesting um, power because you have to he has to beat you to a bloody pulp before that can happen in order to get you to hold still long enough for him to hold you and stare at you. It's not instant <laughs> like he has to like stare at you for a while to do that. Oh, exactly. Which is a really interesting concept that that he's going to stare into your into your soul and make you um and, and, and reveal the evil in your soul. But in order to do it, he has to sit there for about ten minutes and stare at your face uncomfortably, like you're in an elevator going to the eighty fifth floor of some building. Um, but yeah, he's might be my favorite. Another one that's on my list that's one of my favorites is Himdall. Um, yes. Oh, good night. Yes. Talk about eye powers. Yeah, because not only not only can you, I mean, you have total perception in that respect, um, which is pretty damn amazing. Um, but you wanted to, and and I wanted to, but I want I, I want you to touch on if you would one of our favorites on this show that has been discussed multiple times, and that is um, the scourge of the desert. And uh, assassin for the League of Shadows, the Ten-Eyed Man. Oh yes, indeed, the Ten-Eyed Man. There, there was a, there's an age or a, a sense of innocence in comics that, sadly, has disappeared in a way because we want more sensible tales. We are of a generation or a, an era that, you know, we had. Oh, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation, for example, I think was the really the touchstone for where at least an attempt was made to make things sound interesting. Real. Okay. And it's almost like we demand that now. We want at least some plausibility. We don't want, you know, Superman to spontaneously have ridiculous powers because it's not okay. Right. We we need some sensibility there has to be a reason behind things and they 
you know, we don't get these sort of tales anymore. But the Ten-Eyed Man, apparently, if I remember from Who's Who, the uh, DC guide, was uh, a character who he goes blind and reroutes his optic nerves into his fingers. Sure, you are In correct, the original sir. version, I'm sure, like so many things, a lot of stuff's been retrofitted. I absolutely, on, on the, the transverse of that previous uh, pronouncement is that I do love when people go and embrace the ridiculous characters of the past and breathe new life into them and find a way to Michael Akuta them. That's Star Trek fans out there. Yeah, 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 it is. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. So it's it's very possible this character has been rethought, but uh, the original Ten-Eyed Man, yeah, was basically, apparently he could be seeing out of all of his, his digits. Which doesn't seem like a great power. No. And it also makes it really awkward if you poke somebody in the eye. Your eyes are kissing. It becomes very meta, yeah. It really is. Uh, and speaking of your eyes kissing, uh, Catherine, before the show, I told her about Eye Scream. Sure. And she, uh, she's she got like 95% ownership of this. Okay. I added one little element just to kind of tweak it. And there was uh, a character who, it's sort of like Muggerville's Venom, and that this alien parasite came to Earth and got in this guy's eyeballs and he gave him like this super alien conjunctivitis and like Venom it compels him to go out into the streets and makes him very like huggy and, and touchy and stuff so he can give everybody conjunctivitis only it's like this alien strain okay and because it's trying to propagate its its disease but the actual entity itself resides in this guy's eyeballs and around his his eyelids and stuff and he was already cosplaying reservoir dogs oh damn it and he's become all right <laughs> keep going mr. mr pink eye it's like yeah come here give, give, give me a hug come on you, you know don't be a jerk about it I mean, it's it's just it's just trying to be friendly you know this is, this is a time we need to start embracing one ha enjoy your pink eye <laughs> You're not going to die. You're going to get yeah. pink eye. Um, yeah, Jesus. so it's, it's running rampant right now in uh, Muggerville. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people think maybe it was like a, an agent for the ophthalmic industry. <laughs> all right. All right. We need to wrap this up. It's about that time, my friend. Uh, it is about time. Yeah. Eyes are, eyes are pretty cool. That's what I'm going to end on. They are, yeah. What the, this is all just about, you know, yeah, eyes. Really. Eyes being really, really eyes. rad and stuff. Yeah. Eyes, eyes, baby. Okay, that's good. Why don't you yeah. plug us up and we can get out of oh, here now. You know, I did solve the mystery of the character with the cybernetic eye beam eye that deposed Dr. Doom in the Fantastic Four. Oh, okay, okay. His name was Zorba. Zorba. Okay. Zorba. And um, apparently he, uh, I, I'd forgotten that he actually deposed Doom and the Fantastic Four were all chummy with him. And then Doom came back and said, uh, hey, uh, guess what? Letteraria belongs to me. Zorba tried to use his eye blast to uh, effectively blast Doom. And Doom made it quite clear he would never give Zorba technology that would could harm his own royal person. And uh, blasted him into oblivion, uh, much to the uh, so Zorba. Zorba. All right. Speaking of blasting off into oblivion, um, let's uh, let's let's uh, blast off into oblivion with some plugs, and then we will uh, we will blow up out of this piece. That's right. So um, it'll be a little bit more than a blink of an eye, but uh, you can. We're coming to you from the Jedi Cole universe at JediCole.com. You can uh, write to us at JCMail at Yahoo.com. And uh, as always, I always like to plug my other venture over at DallasOnAir.com on the first and third Sundays of every month of the uh, inevitable 
the Rancor Pit live. First and third Sundays every month from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. If you tune in this week, the very week that this drops, that's going to be on Sunday the 21st, I believe it is. I believe so, yeah. 21st of July. Uh, check us out. We're going to have uh, one of the authors of Engineering and Empire on uh, preceding Rancor uh, um, Pit this week. Or uh, next week, I guess, being Sunday and all. We have um, Matt George is going to be my guest for both Isle of Toys from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., uh, where he'll also be uh, kind of a guest slash co-host. Uh, and then he'll be joining Eddie and I on the Rancor Pit Live as we're going to do a double feature on the original Kenner Star Wars. Uh, and the folks at Kenner who created one of the most iconic toy lines in toy history. I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear that. Um, I'm, I'm just, super excited. I, I can't wait to see this book. Empire. Um, we'll have some more information. I'm afraid I don't at the moment on uh, where you can, can find it. I suspect on Amazon. I probably could look at that. And why don't you plug us up? Uh, yeah. On, other so on your old social medias, we're at HK Comics Show uh, on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and the Twitters. Um, and with that, uh, here are your final eye puns. We'll be seeing you later. Cole, you got any last eye puns for these people? All I can say is with the, uh, the villain, Mr. Pink Eye, you'll never see him coming. <laughs> All right. That's good. All right. Join us next week for more Hey Kids comics and, um, hopefully, we're going to have some, by that point, we'll have some Marvel Legends San Diego uh, reveals. Cole, do you have any, um, do you have I any, can't wait to see them. Damn it. Do you have any uh, possible uh, predictions? Give me one prediction. I'm going to go with Mr. T here. Prediction, pain. Yeah, pr- prediction, pain. So, um, I don't know. And that it pains me that I found out only too late the Mattel exclusives were already being offered. And are completely sold out to the general public. Thank you, Mattel, for going early, but at least Hasbro is going to wait until sometime in August. Right, right. I don't know. I, 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 I have a few thoughts about what we might see, so I'm going to be really curious to find out whether those are accurate or not. I think we're going to definitely get some reveals of the Rise of Skywalker toys. Okay, yeah, for sure. Because we're already past May, it's a Christmas release, and by God, the toys should be on the shelves by now if we're going to follow a tradition here. That's right, where I'm are gonna they? All, I'm going to get all Reptevi-esque here. And then, uh, my other prediction is, I want. I think we might see one or two really unusual Marvel Legends character choices, be it as build a figures or as regular line figures because frankly we're getting to the point where they've done darn near everybody and I'm really looking forward to seeing them draw the uh, we might even see a basilisk we might we might I, I think that we'll definitely see a um, a smart Hulk in the mix um, I think there's a few there's a few last and I think we'll, we might see some interesting um Far from home. I want a legends as well. I want a Professor Hulk figure that comes with a giant chrome bowl bowl of scrambled eggs. Yeah, I want a cardigan Hulk. That's yeah, what I want. I want a straight up glasses and, and cardigan on that Hulk. And I, and I want to tell you right now, I don't want to wait twenty years for this to happen. Give me at least one more Serpent Society character. You've got my got me my Rock Python, my Constrictor, my Cobra, and my Cottonmouth. Don't leave me hanging. Give you your what, what? What? Which one do you want? I I think Bushmaster would be an amazing build a figure. Okay. Because he's got that globulous snake body thing going on. The GI Joe globulous snake body, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, or uh, Rattler. Oh. Would be a fun one. That would be a fun one. That would be a fun one. All right, all right. Well, join us next week. We might have news for you. Um, and say good night, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We will see you next week for more Hey Hits Comics.